Welcome into 11 Personnel, presented by Monticello Bank. Ah, love me some Monticello Bank. Love me some football. We're going to talk some football. I'm Nick Roush. He's Adam Luckett. We got some stuff on the table, Luckett, tonight. A few topics we're going to touch on, but we get to open up the mailbag. I'm I'm excited to open up this mailbag, and because we answer questions each week, but Luckett, the KS board, they really, they really came through for us tonight. Yeah, we we got a nice little interesting bundle of questions. So um, excited to open this up. I think this will be something Nick we do a couple times this off season. Um, just when things slow down a little bit, and it slowed down somewhat, not a ton, but it has slowed down here. So we're just gonna talk about some of the recent developments this week and get into some questions from our our, yeah. our uh, friends and followers and family over there at KS Board. Yep, uh, and if you aren't. On KS Board, you should be on KS Board. Go ahead. Give it a try. Just like you should give Monticello Bank a try. We're really happy that they're with us here on 11 Personnel. They go wherever the Wildcats fans go. Just get the NBC Go NBC mobile app. Bank at home or at the game. And if you need to come see Monticello Bank, just right around the corner with 21 locations across the Commonwealth. Um, I'm going to Rupp tomorrow night. Very excited about that. So I can I can bank from my phone there if I need to. Um, they do the thing now to like it where it's cardless or cashless, which yes. just it makes the old man bones in my body just rattle. Uh, I can't stand it. So, but <laughs> hey, at least I can mobile bank with the GoMBC mobile app. Monticello Bank for 128 years. It's where people matter. It's competitive loans. And deposit rates, as well as a wide variety of combustor-focused financial services, making your life a little bit easier. Stop by, visit them at NBCBank.com today. Monticello Bank, where people matter. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. And seriously, like it, I I cannot stand cashless. Give I I want to go to something and give you cash, and you're not going to take it. This is legal tender in the United States. Damn it, you should have to accept it. Are you going to get your first beer in Rupp Arena? Yeah, yeah, I got to. Are you going to pour it on your soft-serve ice cream cone? Dude, Rupp Arena ice cream sucks. Hold the sprinkles. Give me some Bud Light. Right there on, right there on the ice cream. I don't know if we've talked about it on here or not, but, like, I'd rather eat Dairy Queen soft-serve, McDonald's soft-serve. It's all better. The stuff at, I've never had it. I've never had the Reparina soft serve. It's just like, imagine what good soft serve is, and it's lighter and has less flavor, and that's what Reparina ice cream is. It's not It's it's not anything special. So, And I'm not trying to be takey. Like, that is the most factual thing you'll hear from this reporter's mouth. Just okay. Not good. Um, just like Tennessee football. Not good at just doing the football thing without cheating. Uh, look at, what's their deal? Like, uh, is it that bad over there that they're they're just they're that desperate? They're like, well, we just got to cheat our asses off, or else we're toast. Yeah, uh, this this one here, Nick. I'll be interested to see um, some more details whenever they come out. Um, now, part of this does have the smell of uh, that they're using maybe a media report to like scare people. Like, hey, look look at us here. We're investigating you. Uh, but this, like, to me, it's. Like Tennessee went out and bragged about signing Nico for eight million dollars. Yeah. We'll get all this money we got to spend on people. Right. It was and part of the reporting of that was look at how we wrote up this contract. We found the loophole. Um, I think they were bragging about it, and I think that's why the NCAA is investigating them. And it's the same thing with Florida and Jaden Rashada. Like, of course they're going to investigate whatever that was. Down there, right? You know, the guarantee yeah. would be over. He was $15 million. That's really all this is to me. Uh, we'll see if anything comes of it. Uh, it's it's NCAA's in a weird spot because there's definitely a lot of people who are like, we need guardrails. Like, y'all need to do something. And then when they do try to do this something to uh, a university or institution or an entity, um, they tell them to piss off and threaten to sue them and all of this. Uh, so it's really all it's all a mess, and I, I'm just interested to see how this and the Florida one uh, transpire. I think Florida State was different because they kind of caught the offensive line coach, and so they just slapped him on the wrist. But I think Tennessee is going to fight this. I don't know about Florida, but Tennessee's for sure going to fight this uh, because they don't want to get hit with the repeater penalty, right? I mean, they just we saw that what happened with Louisville. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
they, they could definitely get a bowl ban this time around and one of the coaches or somebody could get in trouble or could have another hefty fine. They don't want to do that because they feel like they finally got it humming right now. And so it's going to be an interesting, I think, case to watch. Uh, but it's deaf to me, NCAA, if you had one of these reports where you were um, essentially bragging about your NIL situation, I'm sure we're going to get an A&M investigation here pretty soon too. Uh, and so I think that's really what this is about. And I, I, I don't want to read too much into it other than that. I think that's what it was. Like They went out and said, hey, look, we signed an $8 million quarterback. So NCAA is going to be like, well, well how did that work? Let's find out. That And I think a lot of it, I remember before Andy Staples came on three when he was at The Athletic, he did a lot of reporting. I think it was in the, in the, was in the Rashada one or was in the Nico one. But basically The Athletic, all of these nil collectives were just spilling the beans on how yeah. they work. They let them look at the contracts. You can go back and read yeah. the, the, the reports that The Athletic had on, I think, Nico and Rashada at Florida. Yeah, where they, they got into the specifics of it when I think they thought, okay, well, this is nil, so it's all legal, so we're going to show. There, there still needs to be some operating in the shadows, and um, they didn't realize, like, ooh, we don't need to put cash in McDonald's bags, but, you know, maybe let's not open up the <laughs> Right, that's going to be Tennessee's case. It's going to be you all didn't give us – any guardrails or mm-hmm. rules, guidelines. It was everyone was just trying to figure it out on the fly. So how are you going to punish us for something where there was no rules in, in that in that space or during that time period? So I, that is going to be their rebuttal. Uh, but it could get messy because Tennessee would be willing to fight them because of what everything they have going on and their special circumstance, being that they just essentially towed on themselves so they could fire Jeremy Pruitt, right? Yeah. Uh, and so they don't want to get hit with a double tap here. So uh, they're going to fight it tooth and nail. So it'll, it's going to be one interesting one to follow. Where like Florida, who knows with Florida, Nick, like they might be like, yeah, we'll take it. And then yeah. they can help them well, get out of the neighbor by the bout potentially. Here's if you want to go down that road. To like it, this is, I mean, this is obviously different circumstances, but, you know, the Big Ten commissioner went out of his way to punish hardball when he could instead of waiting until after the season. We all know it's about the volleyball player. That team's going to be 100% centered around Nico. I don't think the NCAA is going to come after him that hard, that fast. But it's not. It's no longer unprecedented to go after somebody right now. And not to say that I would be cheering for that, but it you know, if Tennessee has to play a backup quarterback all year, I, I mean, I would not be heartbroken whatsoever. So, uh, something to keep an eye on there. It's still early. Um, it was just reported that the NCAA is, in fact, investigating. But, um, yeah, apparently they are saying there's rules to nil. So, um, we'll see. The The biggest news, so tomorrow, it's it's a little bit of a weird week because of the basketball game. Tomorrow we're talking to all of the uh, transfer portal additions. We're going to do long interviews with them. And then on Saturday, it's a big junior day. A lot of kids on campus. Once again, another plug for – KS board because there's a lot of talented kids. Um, they're going to be there over the weekend. Um, I think we list is up to about like 20 or so of just guys that we know. Uh, that's what's happening this weekend along with uh, Senior Bowl and Shrine Bowl, which, look at, I got a weird feeling that Leary's going to end up getting a combine invite. Um, he's been the best quarterback at the Shrine Bowl. Uh, yeah, I, haven't, I was all into Senior Bowl coverage this week. Haven't really dug too deep in what's going on out there at the Shrine Bowl. And I believe that's in Dallas, at the Cowboys facility. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, Nick. There are you, – you know this. There are some random quarterbacks that get invited to that. So Remember the kid – They have uh, to have so Hawaii. many there. What was his name that we That's exactly about? who was – Cole McDonald. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got invited to the combat. And the thing – we threw a – he threw a pass. Like, they do all the advanced – I don't know how they measure all this stuff, but – his spin rate, he had more RPM than anybody in the years they've tested it out there, more than DTR. He threw a pass 79 miles an hour coming out of his hands and it averaged 49 miles an hour um, throughout the throw. So, uh, and he had another one in seven on seven where um, it was cover two and he split the safeties 
put it right in, in between all three guys. So I have a feeling he's ultimately going to end up getting a combine invite. And then um, you mentioned the senior bowl. Like, the meat and potatoes is the practices that's going on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And uh, it could be a big week for Ray Davis down there. Um, yeah. He did a lot to help himself with his pass-catching ability in the regular season. And now it's just a matter of, what what can you show us here in Mobile? And it, it sounds like he had a solid first day down in Mobile. With Leary, the fact that he's performing well in that type of setting, practice setting, I don't think should surprise us. Go back to <laughs> August. Right? Uh, right? Yeah. Yep, yep. uh, I mean, there was legitimate – they were pumping out at least, or what we heard that – Everyone thought, at least that we, what we got hold, that this guy was going to be really, really good uh, for Kentucky. And that's not necessarily what happened. And so that maybe that he's performing well, and I think in some of these seven-on-sevens and situations like this, I don't that doesn't really surprise me. So, I mean, good for him taking advantage of his opportunity. And, yeah, I could definitely mm-hmm. see him getting a senior bowl. Just look at his career accomplishments, man. I mean, he's thrown for a ton of yards, 60, yeah. 70 career touchdowns. It's not like – He's not an accomplished quarterback. And in the 2021 tape and numbers are going to hook a lot of people. And so I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, we see him out there for, or up there in Indy. Yeah. yeah. What, what is that, about a month away, a little over a month? Yeah. Uh, the first drills will be like the 1st of March on yeah. the field. So about a month like Wednesday away. or Thursday, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Flax got the inbound. Inbound invite to the combine and uh, as scott said on the chat is totally unexpected i mean you just got to give credit to that guy for i mean we didn't even think he was going to be able to start Luckett, and like this guy could get drafted <laughs> yeah know? it could be i think i i think it was it could be seven ol picks in the last six years and they had one from a 30-year stretch which was larry warford um, from yeah. 1994 until that this run started, I think in 2015 or 2019. Yeah, very uh, so, good. Huge drought when he got drafted. So, so that could be a nice development. I think with Flaxnick, just look at the size: yeah. six five, six six, three hundred and fifty pounds. They don't make many human beings that size. And he was a two year starter in the SEC, and he improved this year. He was, a, I think, a middle-of-the-road tackle in the conference, and uh, there's not a lot of tackle depth in the NFL. Everyone's looking for mm-hmm. these guys, and so I think well, if he has a good pre-draft process, yeah, he's got he's got a great chance to get picked on late day three. Yeah, if he gets in good shape, and um, and that that's that was a lot of the talking point, but I, I think the improvement aspect is important, even though he's older. Um, I think he was a late football player, right? He he started at JUCO, so. Um, he could have that yeah. going for me, but I, if you can't tell, we're, we're a little excited about getting to the next, like just kind of going through like the senior bowl stuff. It, it gets me, my brain ready for draft talk. We had, um, what's his name? Daniel Jeremiah released his top 50 prospects today. Um, you're getting Kuiper's first board. So like, I'm starting to, um, you know, just, it's, it's kind of like flipping the switch when college basketball season starts. Right? The juices are flowing. Like, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's, I mean. It's one of my favorite parts of the year uh, is draft and everything that comes with it. I love this. Um, I watch every pick. I watch all three days when it when it airs. Um, so I, I love this part of the season. I love going to the combine. Love doing all that. So this is gonna be a fun time. I love that. We're uh, we're gonna get we'll get it for those new, maybe new listening to us. We do. I say we go more all out on draft coverage than any other. I would say almost college football podcast does. Like we will very deeply dive into this, um, and so I'm looking forward to it. Even though, even without Kentucky, maybe having to yeah. maybe any day two, day one or day two picks, we're we're still gonna get, uh, get, there, get get after it a little bit. There's fun people in this too. There's a lot of quarterback debate, right? Like I, I mean, just the tackles. There's ta- uh, if you need a tackle, Ball, this is Fatu. Yeah, this is a great draft to get them in. Um, the guy who's oh, still in some dumb <laughs> Yeah, so (laughs) still in some noise right now is uh, the guy from Oregon State, uh, Fuaga, who's just a monster of a human being. 
Uh, watched him some today. He looked uh, really good. I got good. Fuaga and Fatu. Fatu's the UCLA guy, right? Is he an edge? Latu, Latu, yeah. They were that. See, that was the two big guys going at each other at the Senior Bowl today. I, I you know, I get my wires crossed. Hey, forgive me. Um, I, I think it's understandable why. Uh, I, I was, I was happy to see Malachi Corley in that top fifty. I knew that when he announced to come back, it was significant. Uh, to yeah, Western, he reportedly had a good day out there. Yeah, I didn't expect him to be a potential day two guy. Uh, yeah, he's going to be a second round pick as of right now. Yeah, it's just pretty awesome. So um, we'll we'll get more into the weeds as that gets closer, obviously, and you know we get a little bit more meat off the bone. Talk about Senior Bowl uh, briefly. Look it, we had uh, Mark Stoops uh, did his uh, BBN Tonight interview. It was the let's announce Eric Wolford, and then we're going to you know I, I got to do my talking right. Uh, so he, we got complete autonomy for Liam Cohen, and we've got um, what was heavy hand for Eric Wolford, and you know he can't be too sensitive in this business. Yeah, which Scott also asked a question earlier, um, and I'm, I'm I keep shouting out Scott because he's always in the chat every week. I don't know if he's on uh, KS Board or not, but wanted to shout him out there because he was like, "Is was Yenzer missing on portal OTs?" or portal targets, period, a reason why they moved on. And look, and I think Wolford makes it abundantly clear the portal isn't the problem. It's the high school stuff. And on day one, Wolford's making it known that he's going to swing for the fences. And I don't know how much of a puncher's shot Kentucky has for a lot of those guys he offered on day one. But that was a, a clear statement that the recruiting from the high school ranks is going to be better with Eric Wolford uh, coaching with his heavy hand on that offensive line. Yeah, uh, I wrote about this on Friday, um, new column I started at KSR Plus. It's going to be this week in college football. Basically, once a week, I'm just going to write about everything I think you should know in co- going on in college football, and we're always going to t- touch on Kentucky. And so this week, I touched on Wolford. And basically, Nick, I think Stoops and Cohen are betting on a known commodity here. They know Eric Wolford can recruit. They know he can go out and get guys. Uh Despite there being improvement on the offensive line last year, there was they never wanted to give that group any credit after games. And to me, a lot of that was there wasn't the physical domination at the point of attack that they want to have. There wasn't the, the Dan Campbell, I'm going to kick your ass energy mm-hmm. yeah. in that room. Fight knee uh, And I think they think Wolford can bring that. To them, so mm-hmm. and there's work experience there, the long experience with Stoops, obviously, and the heavy Youngstown flavor over there at that football facility. But you also have OL and coordinator experience here too, with them working together in 2021. Um, so Cohen knows what he's getting into. Stoops knows what he's getting into with the change, and I think that's really what it was all about to me. It was about recruiting number one, and then. Number two, I think the mindset they want, um, they think he can help bring. And I think that heavy hand stuff, I mean, we heard discipline. They had discipline offers, or offers, discipline problems. They've been upfront about that. They feel like he can at least help, help with that in some regard. Yeah, and if you watched the interview, I thought it was pretty good, right? Like Stoops was pretty – matter of fact in his approach and if, if you needed those answers uh, I think he was pretty forthcoming on them and you know like I learned more about the situation we all probably said things we didn't want to we shouldn't have said we did things we, we wish we would have done things differently but we're moving on um, so we're going to move on to uh, I feel like I've talked about it till I'm blue in the face already even though it's just happened so let's uh, let's go ahead and get refocused with our friends at Refocus Fitness. You've heard me talk about them for the last couple of weeks now. And look at I I've personally refocused my fitness a little bit. And it's to the point where I I I hate how much better I feel with just a good old fashioned diet and exercise. Like just the more natural energy, right? Like you you just feel better if you're living a little bit healthier. And refocus fitness, they can help get you there with personalized 
workout plans. You meet with the trainer. There's no awkward stares. It's just the experts guiding you along the way because each person, you need your own individual plan. We're not, it's not one size fits all. And with that, you got 24 access, 4-7 access to the gym. You can work out together by yourself with the trainer. You can work in small groups together, make friendly little competition. Or you can just be there when nobody else is there, right? Yeah, maybe you're on the treadmill right now out there right off Nichols Hill Road watching us, which I think that'd be a great way to work out if I do say so myself. <laughs> so go ahead. Keep going. Get, you got get, it. Get Second refocus. win. Let's go. <laughs> get refocus Fitness a try. No contracts, hidden fees, or straight co- startup costs. Just contact them today at refocusfitness.com. Refocusfitness.com. Look, it, that is awesome whenever they have pro day and you're just in, they're doing the bench press and everybody's just like, come on, let's go. Ah, like, ah, love that. Love the camaraderie. Yeah. The only thing about that is they've pretty much eliminated the bench press from the combine. It's, uh, yeah. And that, that stinks. Yeah, we need that. Yeah. Because they have the whole auditorium set up. Like, it's like going watching a, <laughs> you know, like a tennis match or something. That's how it that gets built around and it's just a bench in the middle. Yeah, yeah, just dudes lifting weight, and then you got yeah. random fans cheering. Yeah. And it's like a, a who's who of watching. I remember seeing the Ryan brothers uh, in the stands watching one of the first years I was there. So that part is a shame. Uh, but I, I, I like the camaraderie. I like the sense of community. We got that on KS Board where we had a lot of great questions from our members. Um, first one was a great one, which brings up, uh, Lance Thompson from Maryland. Any more staff changes to come? Uh, never say never. Yeah, it it was unusual. A Maryland linebackers coach just started following me, you, bunch of Kentucky football media on Twitter. <laughs> was, when did when did Steve Klinkscale bolt for Michigan? Oh, that was late. That was because. Collins didn't get hired until after spring practice. It was like May. So, it would I mean, have this to be was right around like the that, time that Wolf left. Um, and remember Jamal Singleton, that guy who was Kentucky's running backs coach? For like a week. a week? Yeah. 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 Um, before he went to the Eagles. So, I don't think the timing would be all that unusual. But it's just like, well, who who's he coming here for? Because I would – this guy was known as a recruiter when he was at Alabama, so I don't think he would demote himself to be a QC. So who's he replacing? Yeah, I don't. I I don't think Mike Stoops is retiring. I don't think he's leaving for another job. Uh, Mike Stoops does have defensive back coach experience, so maybe it's something like that, or maybe they, maybe, you know, I don't know. Uh, well, I would I say that I was going to say you take maybe let Brad not be uh, Brad White be just a coordinator, not a position coach, but they already have the extra assistant over there. So I don't know. I mean, we have to wait and see. But that was an odd development, I will say. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes you'll get random follows like that, Nick. If Kentucky's recruiting a player, yeah. So and it say it's. Kentucky versus Maryland in this case, right? If Kentucky and Maryland are in on the same guy. Uh, but it was that he's followed pretty much – well, he hasn't followed me yet, so I, Lance Thompson is something against me apparently. Wow. But <laughs> guess wow. I'm not, guess I'm not big time enough for Mr. Lance Thompson. But uh, that, that he's followed as many – I mean, you can go and see on his Twitter X profile right now. I mean, he's it was like a dozen of. guys in a five minute span. He was just like, let me see what all the Kentucky people are talking about. Um, yeah. It, it is noteworthy though, that he coached with Mike Stoops at FAU. He coached with right. Wolford at South Carolina. Um, so I don't know. It would be pure speculation as to who he would replace and how the deck would be reshuffled. But it yeah, is, just um, never, never say never. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We don't know. So we'll, we'll just have to see how it plays out. Uh, Peyton wants to know how Cohen's going to utilize the different skill sets in the wide receiver room, which I think is a great question, Luckett, and I don't think you're going to have them ever go on the record giving out specific roles because they don't – receivers are divas, right? They don't, <laughs> they don't want to make anybody mad. But, yeah, I, I don't know because 
they don't have a true slot other than Anthony Brown Stevens, but they do have a lot of fast guys. So which one do they try to get over there? Do they play more? Do they stay in more 12 personnel? I wouldn't think so. So I, yeah. that, that, that's a great question, Peyton. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm not, I, I don't have a good answer right now other than maybe telling Macklin like, Hey, uh, you might be better off if you try this out or try telling that to Barion, but like has Barion shown you that he can be a route runner to play slot? No. So I, I don't, yeah, that's, that's a great question. Yeah. I, I, I think you kind of have to get yourself out of thinking of it as we have to have a position and the player has to check these boxes. I think all of these guys are going to be a little bit interchangeable and how they run the offense. I think they'll even probably give Dan Key some big slot looks. Um, so I, big slot. That, that would so, make sense. He's a good route runner. So I think you're going to see it, it mixed up because Macklin's, Macklin has, I think, top-end vertical playmaking ability um, over the top. So I think they're going to want to use him in that type of role. Um, but I also think they're probably going to want to use him in the slot. And I think the same um, for Barry and Brown. Like, if – for Barry, and you got to find out. Like to me, it's almost like he struggles with jams and all of that. Maybe we got to get him some free access off the line. So how do you do that? Maybe put him in stacks, bunches, whatever. Um, so I think, but I, I think they're just going to be interchangeable there, Nick. Um, I think you're right. Anthony Brown Stevens is their one true slot, and so for him, he might have a chance to carve out a role as kind of their go-to guy that can get open on option routes underneath. Um, but I. Mainly, I just think you know who the top three are, and that's or the target. The top when we finish this season and the target numbers are out, those are gonna those three guys will have the top target. So I wouldn't get too worried about who's yeah. playing Z, who's playing X, who's playing slot. My my only worry would be that the wide rec- best wide receiver play we've seen at Kentucky was from a slot receiver, and so I think in our brains we're just programmed like. Well, you kind of have got to have a good slot. I don't think that's a necessity, but they've been successful, <laughs> you know. Uh, oh, Chase says South Carolina is about to beat Tennessee. They yeah. are. I got it on the iPad here. They're up three with 23 seconds left, and they're at the line. Man, I thought that was a stinky line, too. I was like, well, just take Tennessee at home. Surely they'll take care of business. If they win that game – I either way, Tennessee is going to be ready against Kentucky. But why wasn't South Carolina ranked? What? It's good for the SEC championship race here. Yeah, um, you needed Tennessee to take a loss. Um, South Carolina, their losses will come. Right, you'd have to right. think. So I think it's good to get Tennessee knocked down a peg. Uh, so it's good news, I think, for Kentucky in that SEC title hunt because uh, then you win on Saturday. You win tomorrow. You win on Saturday night. You've got a real chance, I think, to go make a run at the title. Um, if you still ch- if Tennessee was going to rip off a bunch of wins, it was going to make it tougher since you're probably at best splitting with them since you got to go down um, down there to Knoxville. So, yeah, that'd be, that'd be nice. South Carolina just taking care of both Kentucky and Tennessee. Um, what a wild, wild year in SEC basketball. We want to get back to the questions. we got some good back-to-back here from Steph's and uh, KS Board superstar Bagel Boy McCoy, um, who – Steph says, how high is the ceiling for the class of 25? Just talking about what we've seen, kind of the guys we've seen him visit so far, and you already got a quarterback in the fold. Then Bagel said, how how many hundreds of mediocre 2025 quarterbacks will we waste jet fuel on recruiting? Which, love the snarkiness from Bagel. Um, but there is there is something, too, just like, Look at I. There, there's part of me that's like, why are they wasting their time with these 25 quarterback recruits? But the other part of me is like, well, you got to do it. Like, why wouldn't you do it? You just, that, like that's that's just what you have to do. Um, but I will say, just I'm 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 publicly stating this. I do not want Ryan Montgomery. I don't want to deal with him. I like it's it's just he when he said today that I, what what was the quote he gave to Jeremy Johnson after visiting Georgia. Um, it's not going to be over until I sign. Like, I'm just, I'm good. Okay. You fine. Uh, I'm Beamer. Go play that game. Kirby ain't going to play that game. Right. Like, unless he wants to be one of multiple quarterbacks down there. 
I I I don't I'm not gonna I don't want to bother with having to keep up with all of that. So just letting that be known. On the Kentucky side of things, eventually, Nick, they have to sign two quarterbacks in a class and keep both of those guys around a couple years. Other schools do it. They need to be able to do it. They have two scholarship quarterbacks on the roster right now. I think it's definitely a need to sign two quarterbacks in this high school cycle. I also don't know if you're going to – like where Stone Saunders is ranked, which is like right around the fringe top 300. I don't know how much you're going to be able to get somebody better than him. I don't know. We'll wait and see. But to Steph's point, like when you just look at what they've got out there right now, look at as the board's taking shape, it's it's almost a positive and a negative that like the really top-end guys in Ohio are so good. Like the kid from Toledo, the offensive lineman, Carter Lowe commits to Ohio State already. I think Justin Hill, like, it'd be great if Vince could stay in that one, uh, the Winton Woods kid. But, I mean, he's absolutely blown up. So I, Yeah, that's just Ohio State guy probably. So, just got to kind of be realistic there. He was with uh, uh, Dan Lanning over the weekend. But, like, it feels – Marquise Davis, they haven't really recruited Cleveland well. So, I'm a, like, yeah. really, really top end I'm worried about. But the guys underneath – I, like, I like Tucker Caddis. I like Raphael Green. I think one of those guys can be a tackle for you. Um, so, like, I think there's a lot to, to like. Jaden Clark's another guy that emerged this week. Um, Clayton, Ohio, Northmont, um, high three-star lineman. He's another guy, like, you really think they should be able to get. Not yeah. to cut you off there, but there's, no, there's no, some yeah. guys there. The, so And then um, elsewhere, it, it feels like it – it just I, I kind of when I see the 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 wide sort of swath they're cutting, um, you you like where they stand for a lot of those guys. Like the the other one, the kid from uh, Withrow, Quentin Simmons. Right. I I really like that kid's tape, uh, and he played for a pretty good team. There's a lot of connections. Like they they can get that guy. He can be a a quality kind of unheralded, under the radar, uh, quote unquote recruit. Um, so I, in, in the state of the Kentucky, if you take care of business, get Martell's Carter, who they seem to have some momentum for, um, yeah, it's- Spike Sal's, that's going to be a, a big time recruitment, but they've got a puncher's chance there. So it just, it does feel like there's an, another high floor here. I don't, the one, the one thing I don't know about is each class uh, in this regard, like you, you have to, if you want to have a top twenty-five class, you gotta have your your big time gets, um, your kind of anchors. They were in on B. Rob early. Smith twins moved back. Cutter Bowie's in your home state. How many of those big time guys are they going to be able to get? Uh, a lot of it, I think, is going to come down to what's what's Wolford going to be able to bring you. Yeah, I definitely think. That's an unknown here with what, what targets emerge for you just because he's on your staff now. And he had those Bama uh, two years of recruiting there. Right. <laughs> can can yeah. you get a little bit of that Bama bump? You look at big-time targets, Nick. They Andrew Marsh is going to be on campus tomorrow. He's top 20 player in the country, receiver from Houston. Uh, that's probably a pipe dream. But that you at least got him on campus. That's a big deal. Tavian Wallace – is Trevin played here, his older brother, so you're going to have more than a puncher's chance there, but Georgia, Florida State have both made him priority recruits to this point in the cycle. That's going to be tough t- to win those. And then there's some others um, well, Amari emerging. Williams is kind of in that similar boat too. But Yeah. Du- Dwayne Galloway's one I look at, uh, top 150 corner out of Columbus, Franklin. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I'm not sure where Ohio State is there. So if Ohio State's lukewarm, that gives you an opportunity, right? Um, Columbus is an area you've recruited well. Michigan's involved there, but Michigan has coaching changes. Like to me, that could kind of be the Tarion Nichols of this year. Um, Vince, go in there, focus on him. Let's get this done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously, Martell's Carter is a huge one in state, top 200 player. 
And then I look here, right, right. Nice. And, then, <laughs> and then Dontrell Glover is a kid that just decommitted from Alabama. He was committed there, but Georgia was number two in his recruitment, and he's an in-state guy for Georgia, so that could be tough. So, Mason Shore's the same way, right? Like the, mm-hmm. the, these big guys. You mentioned the kid from Houston, though. I like what Dykel Shorts is doing, right? And that's with some of these new guys. Like, how much ground can they make up at a new school where – not only is Shorts hitting Texas, but he's hitting the Mid-Atlantic yeah. uh, pretty hard with Cohen. And Cohen already has a little bit of pull up there that way. So if if those if the new guys can get a couple big hits, then th- there, is a, there is a lot of potential. Right. And there's definitely going to be, like, surprises. Um, Cam Dooley, Hardly Gilmore, ended up being a four-star signees for Kentucky uh last year and i don't know if either of them was on our radar as potential like big time gets for kentucky oh, at this yeah. point in the cycle so there's always there's always going to be those developments but for kentucky nick you've kind of hit on it you've got to you got to own your state it helps when you've got good highly ranked players so martels carter's big in this class and then you got to win some battles in ohio like mm-hmm. kentucky signed two top 10 players in ohio last year brian robinson was a top 5 player yeah. In Ohio, so you got to go and get one or two of those type of players, and then we'll see what the other coaches can provide. Uh, obviously, Wolford got a factor there. Chris Collins has had Kentucky close on some guys, gotten guys mm-hmm. on campus. Maybe this is a year where he breaks through on one or two kind of big top three hundred players in the South. So uh, this is an important point to see who they get on campus, but the bigger I think point in the calendar is those June official visits. There's always a couple guys that get on campus that just like, oh, this guy's coming. Jonathan uh, Daniels. Well, I look at last. Year. I look at last year. Jonathan Daniels is one, but uh, Kevin Haywood was another one they had scheduled to visit. He goes to Wisconsin first. He commits yeah. to Wisconsin on his visit. He ends up being a top hundred player, and he was a four star guy at the time. So they're going to get some good players on campus. It's just can they close on them. And that's really – we get a better feel for the board, I think, in June. Right now it's just – Oh, they're spraying. Yeah. It's head on a swivel season, right, trying to figure out who they're interested in, what the what the realistic options for these well, players are at this point in the calendar and seeing where Kentucky stacks and then where they need to go and what they need to find. Um, and J2 Centerfield asked, I think, a fair question. Is Wolford now the second-best recruiter on the staff behind Vince? I think the answer is probably yes. But if you count the portal, then I would still put Liam Cohen first. Or not not first, up, but I, I would put Cohen. Vince in. Cohen, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because Cohen's ability to get quarterbacks and whatnot. But, yeah, I – the, the, the difference between Wolford and the other guys, though, is just the closing ability, right? And I know Nick Hall and Keontae didn't pan out. It's unfortunate, but Dion sure as hell did, <laughs> right? So, yeah, you know, like that. Yeah, that. the thing – And didn't he – did he play – did he do something with Barryon? Is there something with Central Tennessee there? Is that – is that? Yeah, he recruited Nashville for Kentucky. He recruited he Nashville. Oh, he was like the point okay. man in Nashville for a time. All right, okay. I think I with Wolford, what is also going to help, Nick, we've kind of mentioned these guys already. Tucker Caddis, uh, Raphael Green, Spike Souls. Mm-hmm. He's going to help Vince. Those are all Vince guys because you're talking Louisville and, all, and two Cincinnati kids. Mm-hmm. He's going to help, I think, and help close and lock those down potentially. And those are three guys I think Kentucky wants and would take commitments from right now. Yeah. And so I think he's going to help close them down. All three, I believe, are going to be on campus this weekend. And so those are guys that you could potentially, I think, lock in early. Like maybe not this spring, but summer officials. When they take those officials in summer, they're going to be ready to make their decision. And that, that could, you know, that's that could be your cl- O-line class. Then you could just, you need to find a tackle. And then you're like, you feel good about your O-line class, mm-hmm. I think. Um, Kentucky's kind of done the early legwork with all of those guys. Now they just got to close on them. I got I got a feeling like it. I uh, I I can see it now. You know, this is it, you know, one week here and we're already throwing the parade for him, right? Can't you see can't you envision a world where Caddison Green commit this weekend? Martell's Carter too. If I was going to yeah, pick any sure. players to commit, it would it would be those three. Those big Yeah, the, the 
one thing about this weekend, it's usually like an in-state kid uh, that they like, that they've given a green light that maybe doesn't have a, a full, like a bunch of other options. Like Carter has a bunch of other options, so I don't know if he's going to be ready to pull that trigger. Mm-hmm. But you would look at like a potential in-state guys maybe being someone like that, and I don't think um, Spike Souls is going to do that, Sal's. Um, so I, that that that's usually because didn't Hayes Johnson commit around this time last year, Junior so Day? Abyssal. I think Hayes did yeah. before. He was going to wait. Okay. Junior Day, and he just did it. But then Abyssal did at Junior Day. I could see Caddis. If I'm if I'm power ranking anything, <laughs> it it would be uh, brother say I'll fight you unless you commit right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind exactly. of thing. Yeah, exactly. Which man, I know we do the whole like if SEC coaches were. No, let's get a wrestling ring. Let's get the caddises out there and who kicks the most ass. And we're getting dad in there too because I bet Eric could kick as much ass as, as any of them. Yeah, and he's got, he's got the other brothers committed too. Yeah, he, he'll, he'll be uh, walking on next year. Which, by the way, if you ever see the caddises out at the catwalk, nice as can be, don't be weird or anything. If you sh- Be wary if you shake Eric Caddis's hand, though, Mr. Caddis. He's got some mitts on him, man. <laughs> <laughs> you might come away with a mangled hand is all I'm saying. Uh, all I'm saying here. Uh, let's get to some more questions, shall we, Luckett? Uh, when's it. the spring game? <laughs> what? Spring game? I, <laughs> at what point do I start doing a daily countdown of the last time Kentucky played a spring game? Well, I don't even – it would have, no, it would have been Rich's year they played. Yeah, we got the snow game. Yeah. The last spring game with, like, a fun, festive crowd – Oh, five years. It's been a long time. Yeah, It'd be twenty. Like where you could actually, where you could actually tailgate. Yeah, because uh, you remember um, you, me, Drew, and Freddie were partaking a little bit um, during the uh, the winter is coming spring game, and that it was gnarly outside. I mean, it was full on. Wasn't it full on snowing? Like no, when we was, pulled up, it was snowing. Like I had the windshield wipers on going down Newtown Pike to the. Yeah, it was bad, game. man. Oh, that was that was gnarly. Um, hope we have one. It would be funny though if they did all of this and they're like, you know, it's gonna happen. It, they'll have it and it'll get rained out, like, yeah, thunderstorm. Oh, yeah. Just... <laughs> um, let's see. What do we got here? What do we got here? Um, I don't. I don't. Sorry, I don't want to ask about the complete autonomy because I'm just, I'm. I just don't. I don't feel like dealing with it. Um. Because really, I want to ask Stoops that question. I want to give him truth serum. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to hear what, what I want to hear Cohen's answer to that too. Yeah, because when, when the time cause, comes, cause the nuance to it all, though, like it is that is Stoops in his ear telling him what kind of plays to call. No, but well, we've talked about this. Well, right. yeah, and, yeah. And like it's uh, Matt was tweeting about it the other night too. He's like, somebody should be on staff in charge of clock management. He says that quite a bit. My argument is that that's the head coach's only job is clock management. Like, that's your only in-game job. Your number one job is clock management. And also, do you go for it or not? Those are, like, your only decisions as a head coach in reality. The rest of it's delegating. So, like, are you at least telling Liam when you're at the 40-yard line it's third and six, are you telling him he's got two downs to get it? To get it? Or are you telling him you got to get it all here because we're punting? Like, what – that that's really I think the the big the big thing in all of this. Um, but I will say it was interesting that we heard while that was being said, same interview talked about the heavy hand. People forget about all the stuff with Cohen and more discipline on the offense. Yeah. Right? Eric Wolford, there's more discipline on the offense right there. I tell you what. It's <laughs> gonna be some more discipline. I tell you what. Yeah, yeah, the old, the complete, I just don't know. You know, personnel decisions, discipline decisions, play calls, formations, uh, like aggressive play calls, when are we going to go pace a play? Like, I just don't, like, I don't have, what does that mean? It, I don't yeah. think any offensive coordinator has complete autonomy because they're not the head coach of the football team, right? Like, they're not <laughs> running the organization. Yeah. I don't have complete autonomy of KSR's football coverage because I'm not head of on three, right? So I just – I don't know that you can have that. But 
Yeah. Like, uh, Peak's got the closest. Th- but I, I think saying, it sounds good. I think it sounds good. It sounds it, like it, something you should say. It's like, Stephen Peak, you have complete autonomy of the KSR YouTube channel. Um, but, Peak, we got to do a podcast tomorrow. You know, like, <laughs> it's, it's just. Right. Yeah. 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 There's uh, just so much that goes. Like, when you say complete control of the offense, there's so much that goes into that. And, and um, the other part of it, too, like it is, you know, it's just like, we got to say, we got to say nice, play nice, do the whole thing to get people yeah. to, like, the, and I, I told Maggie this, too, I was proud of her, I, it's it's cool seeing her get to have that opportunity, right, it's like, you were just KSR intern, and now you're, but that, that was Stoops doing his, like, I want to have this one big conversation, and then I, I just want to move on, and I don't want to say anything else about all this stuff, right, that, that's what all that was, probably, Yes. Yeah. yeah. They gonna roll out Wolford anytime soon for us? I doubt it. You know. I don't think so. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's uh, that's kind of where we're at. I think. Like they, I think they just want to kind of move on. But you know what? I'm fine with it. They want to move on. I'll, I'll happily move on. I'll talk draft. I'll talk combine. I'll answer this question. Um, any website recs for someone who wants to nerd out on stats this off season, especially if they don't require a sub. CFB stats is the main one. That Game on use. paper. Game on yeah. paper is a go-to for me. Yeah. Uh, CFB stats is very, infor- very, really? very uh, easy to use and informative. Yeah, and yeah, I, I would say those two are the big ones. Um, PFF requires a sub, and like, you know, a lot of those are. I get more value well, out of snap counts, but like, thing, really thing need on, to know the ADOT. On some thing on game on paper is you, they have like the advanced stat box score, so you can see all the, I think whatever stat you want, EPA, success rate. Um, it has it broken down, so you can if you look, and it has it. Uh, I think it's got it color coded too, so you can see what's good and bad. Uh, so those are the those are the two. Um, follow. Um, uh, what's Parker's um, stats of war? Stats of war. Because he he shared the he stat. tweets out graphics all the time. His the one he tweeted out in the middle of the offensive line snafu about Kentucky blowing more run blocking assignments than it was good timing on that. Country that was hilarious. Yeah, Kentucky. I think only eleven schools blew more rocking uh, run blocking assignments last year than Kentucky. Um, so. Yeah, and, and Parker does some work with, it's, I think they pronounce it SumerSports.com. Um, about, it's, they're about a year old. A uh, guy left PFF and started it, uh, Eric Eager. Uh, they do some they do some good stuff. And, like, Ted Seth is a guy that does a lot of, like, NFL-type stuff, NFL analytic graphs. He puts a ton of real nerdy stuff in there if you that's not what you're trying to look for. And so, Maybe we uh, can get uh, Parker on the pot. I know he's been on with uh... – April. So yeah, maybe we can do that this off season. He can explain to us how advanced stats work. I think it'd be fun. Uh, this would be fun too. Big play Ray said that uh, season ticket renewal holders, Orange Lot Parkers were told they might get kicked out due to construction of the. USA that was news to me. I did not know that until that was mentioned today on the board. How? They can't do that. That's a huge lot, right? Uh, but he said it got me thinking. What lot will the uh, official eleven personnel tailgates be next season? It would be fun if we had an official spot. Yeah, your 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 Saint X crew has a good spot that we make the unofficial roll call tailgate. Yeah, that Maybe was that just, was that was college college friends. Um, some Saint X guys, some other guys, but yeah, they, okay. they I mean they're right in the red lot. Yeah, they got a good. I know, spot. I know, I know the KS, KRC folks were there. Yeah, TJ's not getting season tickets this year, though, because he's scared. He's no longer a fan, um, and he's also having a second kid, so he knows he's not going to be at all the games. <laughs> uh, but we will. So, I don't know. Maybe that's something we can set up where it's just like, hey, we just hang out for an hour or so before Obvious, Obviously, the bar. I would recommend that, too. Sometimes yeah. you can catch us there. We're watching games early, especially if it's a night it's, game. Yeah, if it's a night game. We're actually next door, probably, because next door yeah. is crowded. Uh, which next door is great too. Yeah, we food. had a good, we had a couple good afternoons uh, inside yeah. the kilt. Yeah, they share they share the same kitchen. It's good stuff over there. 
Um, let's see, let's see. Humana, 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 humana. It sounds like Nick and his wife have been cooking with grease with the announcement on KFC. There's an additional baby on the way. Uh, if Kentucky were to beat Georgia next year, would they allow KS Board to name their baby? I was thinking it's a girl and that Deanna would be an appropriate name. <laughs> Deanna for, uh, after Dion. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't think my wife would be up for it. Now, if, maybe if it's a boy, she's got, she's got a girl's name picked out that we've been, you know, it's, it's like our, it's, it's in the bank, right? Like it, we're keeping it there for safekeeping. If it's a boy, you know, I think it's, it's fair game, right? We're open to all suggestions. So KS board Q and a KS baby Q and name. What's going to happen if uh, number three is a boy? You go boy, boy, boy out the shoot. Dude, it's going to be freaking nuts <laughs> over here. It's, you know, it, I'd be happy with it to an extent, though, because they're only going to be a school year apart um, in classes. So, like, fifth and sixth grade basketball, I'm only go- dropping them off at one practice, right? So, you know, that could, uh, that could be beneficial. Be real beneficial, but it also well, is going to be way, way ahead. High school, you just have the carpool situation, you don't even have to worry about it. Boom, boom, dude. I just imagining the amount of food, it's like you remember yes. how much food you ate. Three high school age boys, like that's just like you I can't go to my Costco. parents had to go and buy an outside refrigerator, yeah, <laughs> to store the food. <laughs> oh man. Bought a d- deep freeze, bought a deep freeze one year, store all the frozen food. I mean, I remember coming home and eating like... Uh, My mom would just, I mean, five milk jugs at a time. Yeah. I mean, just going through some milk now. Like, two bowls of cereal was a light snack, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like a quarter milk and... <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, 10 o'clock before bed. Yeah. Well, let me just get a light snack. <laughs> uh, Little nightcap. Big I will say though, popcorn bowl of Fruit Loops, <laughs> Death Row Bowdeen bowl. Oh man, um, gosh, um, I, I am excited though. We got we got a cow coming our way. So we have a deep freezer, and Brooks family, we're we're splitting a cow. That's our Christmas gift. My parents do that. That that's a country thing. They get a cow from somebody and. I, I've been slacking going to the grocery, and like tonight we had, I just pulled whatever stuff was in the deep freezer. You know, it was fried shrimp, French fries, and you know, it was like <laughs> ha- having the ability to just like get like some ground beef out of there, or like, oh, what yeah. kind of steaks do we have in here? Like, ah, that that's going to be the stuff right there. That's going to be the stuff. A uh, couple more questions I want to hit on the NFL. Uh, are we comfortable with the cornerback co- situation? Uh, way too early take. Where's the quarterback pressure going to come from outside? Weaver or another? I, you know, I'm not going to do the Brad White and say I'm not worried about pressure, but I've got very high <laughs> hopes for Fearbury. Yeah, sure, yeah. Right. And then the guys they've recruited, one of those guys is going to play. Uh, so. When I write uh, the most important individuals, individuals for Kentucky football in 2024, yeah, Fearbury is going to be towards the top. Uh, he's got a huge role that they need him to fill as a, edge rusher and so i think a lot's banked on him i think you turn on the clemson tape and you can see some stuff um so for him it's a big year so they're gonna Corner, need him for that i don't know if i'm comfortable with it yet but i've convinced myself that if like i never thought max harrison could was gonna play here i thought he was gonna be like the like adrian huey you know you had all of these just like guys where you're like all right is really is this guy gonna amount to anything I think they'll find another one. It's just the depth there. You know, we'll we'll find out in spring. Do these transfers, does the light bulb turn on now that they're a little bit older and they've got some actual game snaps? Because I, I do think that's part of it is just playing in zone, is having a feel for where you're supposed to be drop into those zones. So I'm not I'm not there yet to to answer your question, uh, Mr. Nose Whistle. But I do think that uh I, I I'm a little bit more confident than I probably should be considering what the past defense did last fall. I think just from an experience snap count situation, they're in better shape than they were last year. But I do think they probably want another guy there 
so the Is starter might not be on campus. Yeah, he's an early enrollee. All right, we let's let's bet on him too. I'm, I'm I got some stocks in Teron Nichols. Yeah, I mean, because just in general, athletic profile wise, J.Q. Hardaway and Jansen Dunn are not guys I would say just forget about. I think right. both those guys, if the light comes on, or they really hit an extra gear in this off season, they could be good players here. And so I think they have options, but I think they probably want another option on top of that because um, they don't want to end up being in a situation like last year, Nick, where it was just like throw your hands up, like what, what are we, what are we, what the hell are we gonna do? Uh, so I, I, I think they'll have a higher floor this year, but I, I am worried about the ceiling at this point. One thing I'm not worried about is uh, cashing tickets with the FanDuel Sportsbook on Super Bowl Sunday. Less than two weeks away. Happy Super Bowl, everybody. I know that all of you are going to be seated on the couch, grabbing your favorite snacks, placing some bets. Like, do you have a, a favorite Super Bowl wager? Or are you, or do you bet on it like any other game? I just bet on it like a regular game. I haven't really. I'll do some squares probably with some friends on the side. but See, I, I like... Um... I like the betting the coin toss just because it's it's like the dumbest. It's just, it's just so stupid, but it's yeah. So I will say this: the loser of the coin toss has lost seven straight Super Bowls. Really, seven or eight? Yeah. Well, here's another fun fact: uh, sixteen of the last nineteen teams to wear white have won the Super Bowl. Forty ers are wearing white. Also, one of those winner, uh, one of those teams that lost wearing white. It was the 49ers the last time they played the Chiefs. That's right. So, <laughs> the Chiefs are running the back, same uniforms. I think that's fascinating. I will be using a no-sweat single-game parlay with our friends at FanDuel. Love those. And it was a damn – it was it was horseshoes and hand grenades for me, like it, where I was 10 yards off on single-game parlays in both the championship games that had greater than 10-to-1 odds. And one of them was a Rasheed Rice – uh, reception that got called back. It would have hit, but it got called back on a holding call. So I was I was all over it. I'm going to try to win big with FanDuel. You can win big with FanDuel when you sign up using the promo code PERSONNEL. New customers join today. You'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. That's FanDuel.com slash PERSONNEL to sign up or promo code PERSONNEL when you download that FanDuel Sportsbook app. Make every moment matter more this Super Bowl with FanDuel, an official sportsbook of the NFL. 21 and present in Kentucky. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit. Required bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets, which expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Whoo. Like it. I, um, yeah, I, I wasn't, kidding though like it it really bummed me out how close I was on those games and I also had wines money line locked in beforehand so the first half I was like and I didn't (laughs) I couldn't hedge out of it you know I was already committed I did though well I could I this happened to me I remember it happening in the third quarter of the 28-3 game, being like, why do I keep hating on Tom Brady? Like, I just, I'm witnessing greatness. I got to cheer for it. It wasn't the same case with Mahomes, but I got him at minus six and a half live. FanDuel had a boost for me. I, I took it. I ran with it. I got him a plus money, and I got some of the money back from betting against them. So, um, yeah, I, I, as soon as the line came out, uh, it was plus two and a half Chiefs. I just took them on the money line. I said, I'm not doing this anymore. Uh, didn't go heavy or anything like that. But I, we're going to preview it much more. But, like, the Chiefs have actually looked really good. And their defense is playing very well as well. And I know some of that is on our boy Lamar doing what he does best and fumbling and crumpling in big games. Um well, you got to give Spag some credit for the way that defense has been playing in the last few weeks. Yeah, I don't think for the Chiefs, defense has been one of the better defenses in the NFL all year. Offensively, they just Mahomes has just kind of taken over, and Andy Reid is 
showed why he's awesome. And so you have to give them credit, I think, winning those games on the road. Now, I think that was a big time. I don't, I mean, I don't know how else to call it, not the choke job, uh, offensively from the Ravens in that game. Yeah. Like, you just totally quit on the run. Uh, they they were spying Lamar, but you just got to let him run, like let him take that linebacker on one on one. I think they just totally went away from that. They Lamar they tried to make Lamar a drop back passer, um, and their receivers, the guys they paid this off season, Odell was a ghost out no, there. No show. Aguilar had a I guess a drop early, and then was nothing. And then, you know, they were playing Andrews, but he was playing hurt. Yeah, and so. Zay yeah. Flowers is young. He made some it, young mistakes, right? And Zay Flowers just said, you cannot fumble there, man. You just cannot fumble there in that situation. Like, reaching the ball out is not worth it. You cannot fumble there. I think offensively, they they really let them down. I think defensively, Mike McDonald showed you why he is a effing dude, a defensive coordinator. Again, they didn't force turnovers, but how many? They just got, they kept getting stops, kept getting stops, kept getting stops, kept getting stops after falling seven. behind early. They stopped Mahomes seven times. But I do give the Chiefs credit because they had to start fast to win that game. There was no like it was going to be really hard because once the Ravens with when they've had McDonald, once they figure you out defensively, they just put the clamps on you. They are really good on defense, uh, and so KC well, landed the haymakers early, and that ended up being enough to win the game. But here, here's the other thing, Luckett. That's why I still think the Chiefs like, – that Baltimore defense, I know the Niners have some dudes, right? But It's not the same. They're not yeah, as good. I mean, yeah. in the Lions, it, you, they didn't. They got shut out, but they moved the ball the entire second half. It's just – Lions are good got, on offense. When yeah. they got into scoring opportunities, they, they didn't convert, right? Josh Reynolds dropped some critical passes. Um, you know, so – uh, I, like it, I would like to give you the opportunity now to just tell everybody that Dan Campbell was right. He should have gone for it. Okay, let's just draw the situation up. It's 20 – what's it, 24-10? What was the score? 24-10? Yeah, they they had they had a 14-point lead. Yes, the Niners had just kicked a field goal to make it for, to make it a 14-point game. So they could have kicked another field goal to go up 17, but it was fourth and two or three. Nick, as a person who has watched probably a lot of Lions this year, he's probably bet games. Their defense is an issue. Huge it, issue. Their secondary Huge. is a massive issue. If Hutchinson cannot rush the passer, they are in trouble. Derek Barnes, who'd been one of their better players in the playoffs. Got the interception got, that ended the game the week before. Got hurt the first series of this game. So Dan Campbell knows his team. It's 24-10, middle of the third quarter. It's fourth and two. Your best asset is your offensive play caller and your offense. So he went for the win there. I do not blame him, blame him on that. If they score a touchdown there, the game is over. If yeah. it's a 21-point lead with 17 minutes left, um, the Niners just aren't going to get the possessions at that point to come back unless, they, unless Detroit turned it over. Uh, Which so I don't I do not blame them for that. Now, <laughs> rookie fumbles the next possession. You have and Brock, part like too, Brock Purdy doesn't even have to really drop back and pass to beat them. They drop a pick, right? See, they fumble and then the game's tied. So then it's just then it, then you're back to square one and they have momentum there. Um, so then they're down three. They're in the middle of the fourth quarter. Here's why I don't blame him doing this again. Your defense could not stop. Was not going to stop them. They were going to drive down and get in field goal range. Mm -hmm. So I don't blame him going for that at the end because that was going to force the Niners to have to go and score a touchdown. Uh, so I don't think he – I think that both decisions were right. And they had a backup kicker too. I think yeah, people aren't right. really recognizing that. Um, that kicker is not their guy. They had to go pick that guy up, and he's under 50% on field goals plus 40 yards. I just find it fascinating that people are more quick to jump Dan Campbell than the uh, yeah. guy who had the, <laughs> the ball bounce off his face mask and into Brandon Ayuk's hands. I mean, that was basically the Jeff Bidette, the opposite of the Jeff Bidette play from the Georgia game in 2016, right? Yeah. I, I just I, – I, I find it funny that 
we're doing the math versus football guy thing with Dan Campbell making these decisions. <laughs> it is funny. Uh, he, he, but... he, he, I mean, they're risk, like they're not slam dunks. They're risky decisions, but I, I think he did the right thing. And Reynolds was open. It wasn't a great throw from golf, but that's a catch he should make. It hit him in the hands. Yeah. Yeah. And, and another thing too, is they've done it all year. So it's not like yeah. the players, like they were mentally. Yeah. I feel like a lot of that, Nick, were just people that haven't watched the lions all year. If you've been watching you knew they were going year. for it. Yeah. It, it was the, more the, Dallas a... game, the Dallas game, the, the SOB went for it three times down there when they had the ineligible. That's just yeah, yeah. that's just who they are and the, what they do and what they believe in. I don't have a problem with it. You know, you I don't think that's what cost them the game. I really don't. I think they went for the win. And we get we didn't get on coaches all the time and not being aggressive enough when you can go win the game. Mm-hmm. Like that was it. Like they were like, We're winning this thing right now. And they they swung and missed. It was uh And the guy dropped an interception and then they fumbled and then the game was then the Niners won. I mean that's what happened. The, now, the one thing that Dan Campbell does uh get credit for criticism. The timeout after running the ball. What, yeah, what that the, was oh, that was if you want to, that one's fine. Again, I think he tr- what was it? At the two yard line with their old line, they trusted them to get in and they didn't. But I, even then, I, just run back to the line and run a play. Like you can't yeah. you can't turn a timeout. Yeah, I'm yeah. right there with you on that. Yeah. I'm right, right there with you on that. But yeah, uh, I don't think I don't fault him for going for. I like both of the calls. Like if that if that was a fan of that team, I would have liked both of those situations with the, their kicker situation and where the, their what their defense is. You would also be dead inside right now if you were a fan of their team because that is yeah they're so close to the Super Bowl and then for it to fall apart that was a very Lions. Uh, and sadly, a very Kentucky. Football. Yeah, it it opened up for them too, right? They get two home games. They play a San Francisco team that hasn't played well. I mean, they're one of these games you got to give them credit, uh, but hasn't really played well. You had them right where you wanted them and just couldn't finish the deal. Yeah, well, we'll break down more of the Super Bowl next week on Pigskin Preview. We'll also have new eleven personnel next week, which I guess we're back on Thursday. Yeah. So, hell, we'll double dip. Well, Thursday, twofer on the KSR YouTube channel. It's been a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of football content, too. Like I said, interviewing the new transfer portal players on Wednesday. We'll probably sprinkle those videos in throughout. They're going to be talking for 90 minutes. So, you don't need it all at once. It's going to be some information overload for sure. Yeah. We'll say we got to work Sundays, right? So, we'll save some of that content for then. Um, But should be a fun weekend. Really need the Vols to take out their suck it and suck it. Need them to lose. They, they did end up losing, right? Yes, they did. Okay, need them to lo- get on a losing streak here. Need the Cats to get a big W on Saturday. Really just hate Tennessee now. Hate them today. Hate them tomorrow. Hate them forever. But we love you. We appreciate you following along and subscribing. Thanks to all of our great sponsors out there. Look, thanks to you too, buddy. This was a fun show. <laughs> fun show. Fun I Q&A. enjoy it, as always. Had a lot of great questions on uh on KS board too. So appreciate everybody. For Adam Luckett, I'm Nick Roush. Go cats and go Kroger.